what's going on phil what's up man how you doing i'm doing pretty good man you got yourself a new microphone you sound so fresh and so clean oh yeah dude but you i'm not messing around this year you knew you knew me all that all that crazy shit <laughs> no i i went off the recommendation <laughs> and that you went off and and you know a couple of people have been hitting me up and saying like hey you know your audio is a little quiet um and they recommended some microphones so i was like you know what uh, you know i'm pretty serious about doing this podcast stuff so i need to you know upgrade my stuff so got you know got the microphone you recommended and yeah it helps man this stuff helps um but uh it's i'm really enjoying this podcast i was just talking to you before the show and we were just we were just talking about things catching up and things like that and and i just really enjoyed doing doing a podcast and you know obviously from the 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 long range pursuit side of, of the house. That was, that's, that's a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm just really looking forward to having this conversation with you because, um, you know, last week we talked about, uh, what was going on with me and, and my career and what got me from, you know, my desire to join the Marine Corps up until now. And, uh, now man, it's your turn in the hot seat. Yeah, man, this is, I'm pretty excited. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, excited to, you know, shared my story with uh you know with our our listeners and everyone out there so they can you know just realize that i'm just a regular dude you know i I, uh that really had no ambitions to be a scout sniper and you know kind of fell into the job that i'm in but yeah we'll get there so (laughs) right well so you know everybody is on their own path and and you know i kind of look at that as a journey from you know, certain key points in, in all of our lives that were like, all right, there was a certain threshold that we crossed that decisions were made and, um, you know, big life decisions were made that put you on the trajectory that you're on right now. So at what point in time did you decide that, you know, cause you, you grew up, uh, where'd you, where'd you grow up first of all? Uh, so I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, originally, um, spent 16 years there. Uh, and then in high school, after my freshman year, my parents decided uh, we can we should move down to Las Vegas. So I spent my junior or sophomore, junior and senior year down in Las Vegas, where I graduated from. Dude, that is a crazy change, man. Alaska to Vegas. Yeah. From like cold to super hot. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Dude, that's bananas. So Vegas going through high school what were your thoughts? Like, what were your plans? Cause you know, everybody's, everybody's talking to you about having a plan. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go to college or when did you decide that you wanted to join the the Marine Corps? Cause I, you were ROTC too, right? Dude, I was JROTC and I was a straight nerd, bro. Like straight A student, <laughs> uh, honor roll, you name it. 4.0 student, um, had straight A's, you know, on all my classes. Uh, I loved math. I excelled at math. And, um, you know, I had every intentions of, uh, going to college, you know, sticking around the house. Um, it's a very Asian thing to do, you know, uh, stick around and, and help, help the parents out. And then, uh, junior year, what happened was my parents and, you know, ended up uh, having a fallout and, you know, you know, things were kind of shaky around the house and, uh, come my senior year, my mom and dad decided to get a divorce and, you know, all for the first 18 years of my life, obviously I had this, you know, perfect picture family, you know, my dad was a, uh, cab driver and then worked his way to, you know, he just did odd jobs, uh, but mainly a cab driver, uh, growing up. And then, um, he was a handyman out in, 
uh, Las Vegas. And then my mom was a chef. She's been a chef uh, for pretty much as long as I've been alive. She's still a chef now. Makes yeah. good food, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I tell her all the time, like, if I go home and, like, I'm gaining 10 pounds. <laughs> and so I'm glad that <laughs> I don't live anywhere near her because I would just be a flat right. bob because I would just eat all the time. But, um, yeah, no, I I think it was my senior year I, I decided, you know, because of the divorce, like, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting out of the house. I'm not going to college. Um, my grades started slipping cause I was ditching class and, you know, I was, I knew because of my grades, I was on the, uh, I had my credits and I was on the uh, track to graduate. Um, and my s- best friend, my sister's fiance at the time, they're no longer together. Uh, Sam Wilson, he was a Marine. He was, uh, he served in three, three, he was at 0311 and, um, you know, him and my sister were still together and, you know, I kind of saw the things that he did. Um, he went to Iraq and he kind of just filled me in on, you know, what the Marine life was about. And I was exposed to that Marine life a little bit in the Naval ROTC program. We, we headed over to, uh, MCRD for an orientation program for like 10 days during, uh, during this JROTC program. So I got a little, a little taste of it, you know, drill instructors got in our face, whatever the case is. I turned 18 and I was like, okay, well I need to make a decision. I was working as a bus boy, uh, at uh, Santa Fe Casino, it's just a little, small little casino, um, and uh, you know, just cleaning tables. Uh, as soon as I got off from from school, all the way until ten o'clock at night, I'd work a pretty much a full time job um, because I didn't want to be around the house, you know. And I, you know, at that point, I was paying for my bill, right. my own bills because um, my dad had split and uh, wasn't wasn't really helping out anymore. So I really started, you know, take control of my finances and stuff like that at, at, a, at a very young age. Um, but anyways, turned 18, I decided, okay, let's, uh, let's go see the recruiter. So I went straight to the Marine recruiter. I didn't mess around with the Navy. I didn't mess around with the army. Nothing like that. I, I went straight to the, uh, uh, Marine recruiter. I walked to his office, sat down, staff sergeant Augustine. I, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about joining the Marine Corps. Um, and if I, if I join, I want to be, um, you know, a, a rifleman. Cause that's what uh, Sam was. Mm. And, uh, you know, he did, uh, it's like those cards. I forgot what they call it. My, my buddy was a recruiter. Uh, it's, it's those cards that you like, you pick three and I knew like one of them was like pride of belonging. The other one was, um, like, you know, uh, physical fitness and, uh, you know, some, there was another, uh, other one, but my parents didn't know I was going to join the Marine Corps. Like, <laughs> and, uh, I kept it from them. So I did the, like the little mini ASVAB they did. Right. And, um, I was like, man, this thing's, this is getting, getting serious. Uh, right. so, um, I finally I think like two or three days later, I, you know, I sat, sat my parents down and I was like, Hey, it's like, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. <laughs> and my, oh. my, my mom starts bawling her eyes out. Um, Oh boy. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you know, not, not having it. Uh, and my dad was a little, you know, he, he knew that, you know, I wanted to, uh, uh, join the service, whether it be after college or just eventually, but you know, he didn't, he didn't, uh, expect me to, uh, become a Marine. You know, he was just kind of talking to me about it, but my mom was straight, you know, calling and then she's like, you know, blaming my dad, like this is all your fault, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh no. So, oh, um, once they got over me being a Marine, they're like, okay, well, if you, if you join the Marine Corps, just don't be an infantryman. Don't be like Sam. Right. <laughs> we don't want you to, we don't want you to deploy and stuff like that. And it's like, Man, I even I even dwell on that too. It was like I can't right, even I gotta, catch a break right now, <laughs> bro. 
like I'm telling you, like Asian families, it's like it's like you like we're like it's like in our DNA to like follow the path of what our yeah. parents, uh, you know, um, can... expect from us. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I was like, okay, so I, I shouldn't say that. It, it was, it was in my head that okay, I, I'm going to join the Marine Corps, but I'm not going to be an infantryman to, mm-hmm. to please my parents. Okay. And uh, you know, there was like MP data analysis, uh, like all these like. <laughs> non o3 jobs yeah right? just like instant no jobs yeah. instant no um and then uh so i left for maps on like the 18th of of december and that was leave had started for my sister and sam who were both in vegas my sister was in the navy at the time and sam was uh, back home from iraq on on leave so he was spending uh so they dropped me off at the recruiter's office to go head down to maps and as my sister hugs me, I mean, this is this stays with me for her. I actually post about it all the time. She's like, "Ugly." That's what she. That's my nickname for her. Is like, <laughs> I don't want you to uh, wake up in the morning when you're a marine and and say, "Man, I should have done something else." Like, and that stuck with me. And it, like, yeah. I knew at that point, one time, O uh, three or O three UH infantry contract. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's going down. So I went to med, <laughs> signed my signed my four years, and you know, um, came back and I was like, you know, I, I joined the infantry, and then uh, you know, my 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 parents just had to accept it at that point. So, yep, yeah, that's that's the start. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I think that there's a lot of instances out there where parents have issue with uh, with that. I mean. You know, my, my, uh, my dad, I told my dad I was a cook and he absolutely refused, refused to allow me, um, to be in the infantry. He wouldn't sign. Um, and I, you know, it's like, uh, it's difficult. I think, you know, as a parent now and, and you look at that, but I don't know if I'd ever do that to, to my son just because it's like, Hey, you know, you have to follow the path that you feel as though you have to follow. That's, that's a necessary thing for human development. And, um, it's, uh, you just gotta let it happen, man. So good for you, dude. So being in, being in the Marine Corps and having that, like never being around a militaristic environment, I bet that was a real big shock. Oh dude. Uh, boot camp was a big, uh, uh, culture shock for me for sure um i would say the first the first phase like i was kind of expecting it you know being in jrtc and stuff like that um but the homesick started to to kick in um my grandma who you know was really close to uh you know she was diagnosed with cancer so i got that you know i got that uh that mail um and uh surprisingly enough i was guide for the first uh, uh six weeks up until second phase uh, only because I could drill, dude. I was like, when I, when I came into boot camp, I was like 130 pounds soaking wet. I can, I could only do three pull-ups. Oh, <laughs> it was, man. it was dude. I'm telling you, like, like when you look at my, my history of like me joining in the Marine Corps, it's like, how the hell Oh yeah, man. talk about a, as what crazy. kids would say nowadays, a, a glow up. <laughs> a glow up. Is that it? That's what my daughter says right now. It's like, it's like, it's like when you, when you like, it's such a, I don't know. You you go from one extreme ten year old ten year old stuff I guess yeah so um, yeah I mean you know the boot camp was a uh, extreme culture shock but you know as for you when we talked about your podcast you're like 
a lot of what you did in your childhood kind of set you up for that boot camp experience. You know what I mean? Where yeah. again, me, me on the completely other side of the house, it was like, right. Um, just a complete, complete culture shock. But I knew, you know, deep down in my head, it's like, you know, regardless of what they throw at me, it's like, I'm not going to quit. You know what I mean? It, sure. That's like, and, and, and that attitude of, of having something to prove, you know, always stuck with me. Um, and, and sometimes it's bad, you know, I still have that. It's, is that mentality of like always, uh, trying something to prove. And, and really what it's boiled down to is like the only thing that I'm really trying to prove is to myself and that I'm capable of mm -hmm. uh, doing whatever I put my mind to, you know what I mean? Because I think that's, sure. that's a, that's a good trait to have, um, you know, with everything that you do in life and, and hopefully, um, other people, you know, whether, especially my family, I got a pretty big family. I, mean, I was, I was the first Marine and, um, you know, I've got like 40 freaking cousins. My mom has, um, 11 brothers and sisters. Wow. Yeah. So I grew up with a really big family in Alaska. Um, and I was the first Marine, you know? Um, so oh. I, I felt like there was just a lot of pressure of like, okay, like, you know, making sure that I wasn't letting them down too. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Cause that, and that, that's also part of your culture, I would assume. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, dude, that, that, like that shit's like real. Like when you, when you hear about like, like <laughs> Asians be going to like doctor school or like become doctors because their parents like it's expected of them. It's like, it's like, wow. do you think they really want to become doctors? No, they probably wanted to like break dance or something because that's what Asians do. But no, <laughs> gotta go to law school, med school. Uh, Damn. That's, that's savage, dude. That sucks. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting to hear somebody else's perspective um, that has like had no exposure to that. And, and just to kind of, it's interesting to see like the difference in how people are molded by, by those experiences, you know, like I like following uh, Bill Joseph, trying to keep up as a young kid, trying to keep up with this, a grown man trying to climb uh, hills in Southern New York, like, and you don't want to get, you don't want to get left behind. So right. you just do whatever it takes, man. And I think that that's like, I think that's innate, right? You either have that or you don't. Right. And I don't know if that can be after seeing all the hard stuff that we've gone through and then what we've put others through and watch, like not only watching them, but literally analyzing their every fucking movement and their, their mental state, their emotional state. Like, I don't know if that is, I don't know if that desire uh, can be taught. I think you either got it or you don't. Oh man, I'm glad you said that. Um, and I, and I and I read it all the time, you know. And like motivational posts, like it's like, are you born a leader, or are you you know, is it is it is it something that you can learn? It's like, like okay, maybe the leadership part uh, based off experiences, but like, you know, I say it's like it's like you can't train someone to have heart. You can't train someone yeah, to take the pitch no. out of their heart. You know what I mean? It's like. It's like I can easily train you to get physically better, but you know the moment that you quit uh, on yourself and on your team, that's it. You're a quitter for the rest of your life. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, um, I've I've said for a long time that in my personal belief, have, like going through that stuff, it's you know your body um, is connected to your mind. So yep. essentially, your your body's going to do whatever the mind tells it to do. Um, but then you know, what's your mind powered by? Well, your mind is powered by your soul. And that's like, 
that's that innate thing. You either got that shit in your soul or you don't. And some people got it and some people don't. So it's, it's interesting to, to hear that perspective. Um, because you know, everybody's like, Oh, you're going to get your ass beat or whatever. It's going to suck. And, but you don't really know if you have that until you're exposed to it. So, you know, f- for anybody out there, that's like, like people try to, they doubt themselves all the time. You know, we see it a lot in, in our, in our backcountry on our course, they try, you know, they're doubting themselves or, but then you ask them like, what's the hardest physical thing that you've ever done? And it's like, I don't know, run five miles or something like that. But, uh, it's like, man, you don't even know what you got until you get, until you get something thrown at you. So, you know, just the way it is. I'm telling you, like you and I would probably, wouldn't have been friends in high school. <laughs> that, that's how, that's how different we were right growing up. It's like completely two different. Yeah, no, uh, that's a good, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, it's interesting to, especially looking back on it to see like how you've transformed and how you've evolved over the years. It's pretty cool for like from a self-reflection standpoint, because, you know, I think as instructors, we're being always trying to grow and always striving to maintain that teacher role. Um, a lot of that takes uh, self-reflection, you know, looking back, you know, and saying, like, what was my boot camp experience like? And then, like, what are the traits that I had back then that I didn't even realize that I do now? And it's cool. You know, it's a, it's a good it's a good way for personal development. So, um, so finishing up boot camp, you became um, – you had an 03 contract. What was your uh, – what did you end up with? No, 0311. 0311, okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's from Sam just being like – Hey, you know, like they're going to ask you to, you know, go weapons, 31s, whatever. Um, and again, I had a pretty high ASVAB, so like I could have been whatever I wanted. And then, you know, just like, nope, 0 through 11. <laughs> so uh, I had a like um, on the test I did, you know, they give you a test, I think, uh, like right before the split. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had to like pretty much uh, pretend that I was dumb uh, so that I wouldn't <laughs> get assigned to weapons. So like I would like lie on, on some <laughs> tests and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> because I... I, I didn't want to be, you know, any of the, I just wanted to be an 11. Uh, you know, Dude, I, looked, I, looked up, I looked up to Sam, you know, my role model and I was like, all right, you know, this is a foot, the, the path that I want to go. Dude, so. That's, that's so funny. They're like, yep, this motherfucker right here, we're not going to be able to teach him how to read a level. So mortars are out. Uh, <laughs> plunging fire is definitely out for this dude. So just let's give him, let's give him an M16. Yep. Nice. Very cool. Um, so what was your experience like at, at school, at the school of infantry? Oh, dude. Oh man. Like when, when I went through boot camp, I was like, man, I wonder if this is the hardest thing that I'll do, I'll ever do in the Marine Corps. Cause this was, this was a, a ball buster. And then I went to SOI and I was like, <laughs> yep. man, that's why I ask is like, dude, I went to, know. cause I went to uh, Pendleton, right. That we, we got the, we got the Hills. Oh my God, dude, the Hills ate my freaking soul. But you know, I didn't stop like. I didn't fit in. I wasn't in the front of the line, but I definitely was in the back. And I, I never, ever sat down. You know, I never, I never gave my pack up. I never gave the rifle that I was holding up. It's like, nope. It's like, you know, um, uh, you know, it was tough uh, mentally. But uh, well, it's, no, I'm surprised I got through it. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's a. Uh, it's it's one again one of those things where you have to understand what it means to suffer. 
you know, like that is literally your life as an 0311, as an infantryman period, you're just going to suffer. That's it. Yeah. It's like perpetually. What I love to see nowadays is, uh, get comfortable getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, like when I was probably 17, 18, when I, when I, if I would have read that, like, what the hell does that mean? Right. And then now looking back, it's like, man, that's, that is being a grunt, like get comfortable being uncomfortable and embracing it. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, sometimes, um, people don't really take that for what it's worth. It's like, you know, that's why I'm asking you these questions because I'm curious to know, like, what is a guy's perception, um, that didn't, uh, experiencing, uh, experience anything, um, outside of quote unquote, the norm. Um, like did, you didn't play sports in high school or anything, did you? Oh, I did. I played, uh, I played ice hockey. Yeah. The whole time I was in Alaska. Um, nice, man. but it was nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, you know, it was, it, you know, we couldn't afford to, uh, uh, you know, play at the, the highest level, uh, per se. Um, and, uh, but then you, know, you were exposed then to like, uh, to, to having some, some sort of drive, right. To be able yeah. to, you know, be able to train, play hockey. That's, that's a strenuous sport. I, I mean, I, I did a little bit of it, but not played uh, for any team or anything like that. But it's like, it's yeah. In order to play hockey and be good at it, you've got to, you got to train your body. So, um, it's just interesting to see people's perspective and hear about it. So, you know, especially then you go to school of infantry, it's like, you know, that's supposed to be shitty. It's supposed to be really hard. I mean, you know, talk to Cody, um, when Cody has literally been to every single school that the Marine Corps can possibly offer. And he's always the fucking honor man. He's always the, just, he's, he's just always at the top because he's just a solid dude. And I asked him, um, I asked him once, I said, so man, out of all of the schools, I mean, he's been to the Q course, or I'm sorry, he hasn't been to the Q course. He's been through selection. Um, he didn't get a chance to go to the Q course cause he went to Afghanistan. But I asked him, I was like, dude, what was the hardest school that you've been through? And literally he looked at me and he goes like infantry officers course, hands fucking down. It really? was the hardest course, hardest school I've ever been to. Um, the hardest not only physically, but also academically. Um, and from a leadership perspective, he goes, that school is legit. It is no joke. And, um, it's hard. So I appreciated that because, um, that is what the infantry is supposed to be. Like looking back on it, like you literally are like the hardest person on the fucking planet and you have to be trained as such. If you look at what it's like to be an infantryman as a whole, it, your life is just nothing but suffering. You, yeah. You know, look at what happened in World War One, living in the trenches. Like, dude, people were dying from just disease and rotten feet, you know, and they were still fucking fighting. So to be an infantryman is like, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, it's pretty prestigious in the grand scheme of things, um, in terms of like what your mental an emotional fortitude is. So yeah, your experience going through SOI being super hard is like, it's, I'm glad that it was. Honestly, I, I didn't really, I don't think I really grasped, um, what I was getting myself into, uh, you know, until maybe midway through SOI, 
mm-hmm. um, because you know every every hike was a was a was a challenge. Again, you know, I didn't I didn't um, you know in high school I stopped playing uh, hockey when I when I moved down to Vegas. Uh, so like pretty much all my physical activity ceased. Um, you know, we'd we'd have some stuff in JRTC or whatever, but um, it wasn't you know uh, practice you know every day or whatever like a, like it was in, when I was in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. You know, I, I wasn't in the hills. I wasn't in the mountains. Like, right. um, it's a shock, man. Oh yeah, yeah, big it's a shock. shock to your system. Well, so you and, and going through SOI, you were you you were a stay baby, right? Yeah. So so uh, okay. this, this this is talk to me about how that went down because <laughs> I'm curious to know like like how that happened. Okay, so uh, find out we were going to one four uh, first battalion fourth marines out of uh. Uh, Camp Horno there, so just right down the street um, from uh, SOI. So got you know dropped on a bus, and you know I was uh, going with my boy, my bunkmate uh, Jordan Van Size. Um, he's out. He's been out. He did his four years and got out. Uh, but uh, there's no other boot that I would have wanted to do my first uh, uh, two years with. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if he's listening, a lovey man, uh, and I hope all's well. But um, he, he, we, we got on the bus and. Uh, you know, drove like 15 minutes down, down to uh, SOI. And, um, as soon as we were getting off the bus or we all got off the bus and then like pretty much, uh, this, uh, staff sergeant, um, short and like a deep, thick African accent. Like (laughs) if you, I can't like, I want to like imitate it, but I want to butcher it at the same time. But he's like, if, if I call your name, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come see me and and like there was like i think there was like 16 or 19 there's like i can't remember how many of us but um there's like there's a uh in the teens under 20 of us that got uh called uh and i was one of them uh so he you know calls Vallejo and then you know uh we head over there he's like he's like you all been pre-selected to become scout sniper <laughs> and i was like <laughs> i don't know what the hell what? that is but i'm in <laughs> did that what did he say yeah and uh you know um and and so staff sergeant bomba he's a, a sergeant major now but uh probably he's he's not a sniper by trade um he uh was a drill instructor and stuff like that and um according to my seniors uh that the, that unit had just got back from iraq and al qaim deployment and the sniper platoon was disbanded so what does a sergeant major do to uh you know bring a sniper platoon back together well, they'd throw a drill instructor in there. Uh, surprisingly, he was actually a, a, a solid leader uh, on all accounts. You know, he let his NCOs uh, run the sniper program as it should be, right? And let, mm-hmm. you know, um, let the hogs do it. And then, you know, he was doing pretty much, you know, what a staff NCO should do. Um, but yeah, you know, he called me, uh, called us, you know, select view, and they, they kept talking about it in doc. And I was like, what the hell is this indoc? Right. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we have an indoc on Monday. And if you, you know, if you make it, uh, then you become, you know, uh, in a, a scout sniper. And I was like, okay, but what the hell is this indoc? Right. So we all go to our freaking um, barracks rooms and uh, we're like, they're sleeping in there. There's like three of us. And then, you know, this is where like the, 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 the fun games start happening. Right. Yeah. Um, senior Lances are coming in and, you know, waking us up or whatever the case was, was. Um, come Monday, uh, you know, we start the screener and I'm telling you, it's, uh, my screener was, um, four days mm-hmm. and it was the worst four days of my life. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm telling nice. you, like, like we did the PFT first thing. You know, it's like, okay, you got to run a first class or you, you will make it. And uh, so we ran a first class PFT. And, uh, and, and you're familiar with SOI, so, or the, the whole mm-hmm. whole row in SOI area. So we ran yeah. the PFT. And as soon as we get done doing the PFT, right, I get, at, at that point, I gave it my all, right, my 100%. Like, oh no, then we're gonna go throw on boots and utes. And then I remember this vividly because this is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do at that point. Going boots and utes. So, from uh, pretty much the Chow Hall and Horno, ran all the way to the O course and SOI on the low trail. And then came, so, you went from Horno yep, to the Horno. SOI low course. Oh, okay. SOI O course, yep. And then went back and then, uh, uh, jumped in the pool and i'm not a swimming guy i can like hold my own but i'm no i'm no fish um, <laughs> the water is the great equalizer oh yeah uh but i jumped off that the high dive oh and and let me tell you even when i sort of run screeners like you you can really tell when the bitch comes out because people will not jump off well how big is that dive it's like 32 it's like, feet. Yeah, it's like 30, yeah 30 feet right it's like no, you don't have to ask me twice. I'll jump, you know, because I know I'm going to be good. <laughs> but some grown-ass men don't want to jump off that shit. And, and you know, like you could be first in, um, you know, all your runs. But if you can't jump off a high dive, you're still a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it seems like that's just a signature move, right? Yeah. So uh, we do land nav pretty much, you know, I, you know, again, I wasn't I wasn't a, a physical specimen. Uh, but I did not quit on any event. Uh, we did land nav. Uh, we got paired up with the NCO because uh, NCOs were running the screen at the same time. I think there was like 30 of us. But after the first night, there, there, uh, I think half of us quit. Half of them quit. So by like the uh, like second or third day, I mean by the third day, we were down to like 10 or 12. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, I, at that point, I was just so dead. I was just so into it. I was like, I mean, there's no, there's no point in quitting now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Corporal Abernathy, you know, and, and later you'll find out, you know, how, how uh, special this guy is to me. But every time we'd come back uh, from a physical event, he would uh, he would look at me and he asked me, "You ready to quit yet?" <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'd be like, "No, Corporal." <laughs> He's like, "We'll see." Straight <laughs> <laughs> up, just like that, just like, uh, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> just means you're gonna suffer some more. So, um, to get them with four days and then, you know, pretty much, I, I thought I wasn't going to get selected. I was like, dude, I was like almost last in every event. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think this was for me, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, next thing you know, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, all of you that are standing here, you know, uh, welcome to uh, first battalion, fourth Marine scout Sniper platoon. I was like, shit. And so that was the, was that the first cycle after it had been disbanded? Yes, so they they had just got wow. back from time and just got back from uh, uh, leave. Yeah, so this was okay. Janu- January January eighteenth, two thousand and eight. Got it. Well, so the screener, that's that's always you know the selection and doc screener, whatever it is. That's always uh, it's always an interesting thing to see being run. Um, after you've done it a couple of times or especially like after you've taught at the schoolhouse and you see, and you see the screeners being run and you know, it's like some, some of them are really good. And then others are just like abysmal and you're just like, Whoa, like all you guys are doing is yelling at these people right now. 
like and making them do stuff like you're not you're not really um evaluating them in any other way and that's, right. that's uh and, and that's the that's a problem so, yes 100 uh, percent. i'm glad you brought that up um and I, and honestly i was like that but when i was a young hog i was like i just wanted to thrash dudes that tr- wanted to come again keep her the badge right yeah um and then you know i met uh gunner start sullivan he came over at, from the schoolhouse and he's like you know we, we built a legit uh screener where the training was just the training alone was just going to smoke them mm-hmm. uh, yeah and, everything and they that's would have all to it has to do exactly um, and they were, yeah, legit, they were legit tasks that, uh, was associated with this task, uh, that, you know, uh, uh revolved around being a sniper, you know, the SS mm-hmm. bat, that's what we had. So, you know, we always related everything back to the TNR tasks of what, uh, is expected out of a scout sniper and the SS bat. And that's how mm-hmm. we were able to pretty much get, um, our training, uh, schedule approved for the, uh, for the screener. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, up until I was chief scout, you know, it was, uh, the way I looked at it is like, this is just a big thrash fest. Like, yeah. Hogs are just out getting, trying to get their own, you know what I mean? Before they get out just because, you know, just because, yeah, just because it's a part of like, but there was no, like you said, evaluation of, right. uh, you know, what is, what is it, what it takes to be in a, a side platoon and what we actually do. Right. You, well, it's still a candidate, right. And, and that, yeah. And, and the thing that you don't realize is that, especially if you're the one running that selection process, it's like, hey, dude, this guy is going to be your problem here in, you know, the next couple of days. Um, if all he is is really strong, but he's not very smart, I don't want that either. Yep. So you have to make sure that he's both strong physically mentally and then he also has to have intelligence and aptitude and the ability to have critical thinking skills and those are all things that that like that are um i think can be lost and that's all leadership dependent and uh i think we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that in the future because that's something that i that you and i have definitely spoken of uh in the past and it's important because i think what um it just goes falls in line with what the purpose of modern day sniper is. Yeah, and and again, you know, to everyone that's listening, and you know, a, a lot of guys that you know probably follow us from uh, you know um, the long range pursuit. Again, you know, the modern day sniper podcast isn't just going to be a, us about shooting. You know, um, because again, being a sniper is you know shooting is ten percent of our job. So, you know, what this podcast is essentially going to you know be about is you know our experience as a sniper and hopefully. Um, you know, you can take this information with, with whatever you do, you know, and, and apply it um, from a leadership standpoint, from a mindset standpoint. Um, and, um, you know, obviously, if you're still in, hopefully you can take our lessons that we learned um, and apply it, you know, to, to your to the craft of, you know, the, the community. Because, um, you know, if you're still in, I mean, you're, you're all the community's got right now. Honestly, yep. it's like it's a never ending cycle of dudes getting out and new, new fresh blood coming in and, you know, um, right. uh, so hopefully, you know, this sheds some light on what we went through and it's probably not, nothing different, right. You know, no, I uh, guarantee it's nothing different, nothing different from when you, you know, when you went through 10 years and then, cause I mean, you and I have a 10 year gap. I'm not sure if people realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our experiences are so similar, right. Yeah. Uh, it just goes to show that it perpetuates. Right. Yeah. And, and unless, and unless it's like, um, 
I'm learning this from, you know, from the law enforcement sniper side of the house. It's like you, you, it's looking at it now from outside in and, and then being able to see it on the inside. Um, it's like one of those things where, you know, it's a big friggin' boat, right? It's a big giant ship in the sea and it's on course, right? And it's trucking. You ain't going to turn that boat with a couple of paddles at the bow. Nope. You got to get into the wheelhouse. And in order for you to get into the wheelhouse, you have to understand what is going on in the wheelhouse. And and that's, I think, something that a lot of people um, just have a, had a simple refusal to try to do or don't understand how to do it or think that it's, uh, you're, you know, you're going to be, you know, uh, a sellout or whatever it is to understand what's going on in the wheelhouse. No, you need to understand what's going on in the wheelhouse because that's how you're going to invoke positive change. So it's, it's interesting to hear your perspective as well from the standpoint of a platoon that was pretty much on, on, on lockdown for the most part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything, everything we did was scrutinized. Right. Because I mean, the the battalion, Oh yeah. We had a bad rep. Right. And the turnover, because at that point, you know, battalion commander change over, sergeant major turns over. I mean, uh, snipers is is obviously uh, an asset. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that that uh, that that brief happens, right? So, how's the sniper platoon? Oh, they're just turds. <laughs> and so, yep. all they want to uh, do is wear black t-shirts and right, yeah, so, not get so, a haircut. So now we, you know, and as a, as a young uh, private first class in a scout sniper platoon, like. I mean, I, I didn't know, and I didn't know anything, right? Like, I I followed the direction of my uh, team leader and my hogs, um, and you know, I didn't know. I, again, I didn't know this until looking back, you know, when I was, when I became a corporal or a sergeant, you know, it's like, man, like, you know, it's it's just it's so different when you stay in and you see everything, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you start to really take in all the perspective of, you know, man, it, it shouldn't be like that. Yep. Indeed. So, how was your experience um, as a as a as a pig? How was your experience as a pig, and how long did you stay a pig? Um, so, I was a pig for three years, and uh, I think this is kind of what we'll, we'll uh, what we'll get into. Uh, I was a pig for three years. Uh, you know, so the first uh, workup that we did, uh, we were getting ready to go back to Iraq. We went to Fallujah, um, but. Uh, you know, I was a radio operator for my team. Uh, we were um, team four. Uh, Cobra Ab- Abernathy was a team leader. He was one of the only hogs. Um, he was one of the only other snipers, too, that came back over uh, when the platoon got disbanded. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did uh, the uh, Al-Qaim deployment, you know, um, and stuff like that. And then, you know, throughout the the workup, we were sending, obviously, NCOs and, and those that could to cyber school. And so they came back as obviously hogs. Um, but you know, Cobra Abernathy, I mean, he's my best friend now, one of my best friends, um, you know, my mentor. Um, and you know, he, he, you know, he really showed me what it was to be, um, not only a Marine, but, uh, you know, a, a scout sniper and a father, um, and a husband. Um, he, so, and he was a dark green Marine, right? So he's like a unicorn, right? Right. <laughs> Um, and he would only deliver punishment, uh, when it was necessary, not because, uh, out of a pure enjoyment. Right. 
Um, so, you know, the room was dirty after field day or, uh, someone's falling asleep in class, you know, we'd hear drop blouse or follow me. Um, and it would be this excruciating run. Um, it's like, how the hell does this guy even have like big upper body chests and little legs and like, he just could run his ass off. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, being a pig is, is, uh, being a pig is probably the most, one of the most proudest things that, um, I will ever, um, be able to experience. Uh, and, and, and because I was a pig for so long, you know, in, in, and people always ask me, it's like, Phil, what's up with the pig? Like, what, what's your obsession with pigs? It's not because I, I love pigs. Um, is the pig is a, is a reminder for me, uh, to stay grounded, right? Because you know what it, what it is when we get that tooth around our neck, um, mm-hmm. what happens, right? It, it's, you know, it's cancerous. Um, but when I was a pig, it can be, it can be absolutely. You know, uh, when I was a pig, it, it, it grounded me to remember like, I want to work as hard as I did it when I was a pig to be able to uh, outperform my peers so that I could be selected to go to school. Because every day, every day was a competition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is like just because you're in a scout cyber platoon doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go to cyber school. You, right. always had to, you always had to compete against your peers. And um, <clears throat> after we got back from Iraq... Um, I had my shot first shot at cyber school, but, uh, uh unfortunately, um, because I'm a dumbass, uh, I, uh, I got dropped after, uh, Katie, um, marksmanship. Uh, so what had happened was, um, and, and this is, you know, this is super, uh, stupid when you, when you, when you hear about it, but. So my first attempt was at uh, at uh, first Mardiv Cyber School, pretty much where I, where you and I taught at, mm-hmm. uh, three TAC nine, and uh, I. So, come full things come full circle. Uh, Sam, my my uh, my mentor, uh, the reason why I joined the Marine Corps, he was going through SOI uh, at McKiss, so he was going to be an instructor at uh, mm-hmm. SOI. And he was living in the barracks uh, across from the CP, <clears throat> which was a lot better rooming than the recon barracks where snipers were supposed to be staying. So I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to stay with you since it's still at SOI, but it's not the shitty barracks. <clears throat> Wrong choice. Um, my my ex-wife, or my wife at the time, now ex-wife, the mother of my child, um, her and I were just getting into a fight and obviously going into sniper school, like they ask you on, uh, in like the, uh, the prereqs, like, yeah, is, is, is this Marine going through any like, uh, um, hardships, you know, yeah, <laughs> family? It's like, you know, the correct answer would have been yes. Right. Um, but because I, you know, it's my only chance at cyber school is like, no. Um, but you know, we, we were having a yeah. tough time. So that's an interesting perspective too, man, because, um, Dude, when I, I didn't, I was a single dude living in the barracks, man. Yeah. I didn't even have, I didn't even have a chick at the time. It was like, I didn't have anybody to worry about, like coming home at two 30 in the morning or, you know, having to wake up at three 30 to be at the armory at four 30 or some craziness like that. And like, I can only imagine that that's pretty difficult on a, you know, on a, on a family situation. Um, 
that's pretty crazy. And I'm very, I'm very grateful. And I, and I also looking back on it now, having a family, um, you know, I have a whole different level of respect for, for the friends of mine that I did serve with that had families and went through that stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's a challenge, man. And it definitely affects your performance. Uh, it can undoubtedly affect, affect your performance. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, I mean, you're, you're a sniper or you're going through uh, sniper school as a student. I mean, that's already physically, mentally uh, taxing. And then mm-hmm. you got to go home and, and, and still, uh, you know, play dad or, you know, uh, play husband or whatever the case is. It's like, I mean, it, it, it takes a, it takes a lot. <coughs> well, and, and it, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like you gotta, it's like you gotta cut it off and you gotta say, check it out. I'm gone for the next three months, even though I'm here, I'm not yep. here. Like yep. we're living separate lives and that's gotta be really, really tough to do. So we had, we had just had Zoe, uh, Zoe was born while I was in Iraq and I got a sent Advon home. Um, but, uh, you know, she, so she was a couple months old and then when everyone finally got back and found out that I was going to uh, cyber school. Um, so then, I, you know, I went and, uh, I, I left, I left uh, my ex-wife in, in Vegas because there was a better support system um, there to be able to take take care of uh, Zoe and stuff like that. Um, but we got into some some fight or whatever, and you know I, I had the iPhone, the very very first original iPhone that that came out, and uh, that was my alarm clock. And the one things about those iPhones back then, little history lesson for you young bucks is <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't have uh when you these they still had the little the lever where you can turn it on silent mode and um on on uh, but mm-hmm. you couldn't remove the vibration um, okay when even when you turn it on 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 silent or that so um I put on silent but she was blowing my phone up and um, I had to wake up the next morning for uh zero four uh it was a zero four ruck time. And back then there were forced marches and, uh, yeah, I, I, I shut, so I shut my phone off because she kept blowing my phone up. I was like, I got to sleep. And again, I'm saying at Sam's, uh, Sam's room, not with the rest of the students at the recon barracks. And then, um, I wake up and it is three Like it's, it's crazy that I woke oh, up like a minute before I had to be at showtime. Right. Like, right. Like That's my body, like, like my body knew like the, gut-wrenching feeling yeah you gotta be here and uh i, r- I ran to the schoolhouse but I, obviously at that point uh everyone was gone so i just sat outside the pickaxe and shame and you know they all got back and then you know um talked to the instructors and uh you know next you know within a week i'm getting dropped from uh sniper school and uh they kept you for a full week yeah, so uh, at first, the reason they kept me for a week is because uh, uh, Marquez, uh, Gunny Marquez, uh, was my platoon sergeant. He had just got came from the schoolhouse. And, and you know Marquez. Uh, you guys served uh, together at 3-1. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he had just – so, and this is my first, like, oh, hey, um, this is who Lance Corporal Vallejo is um, with uh, my, my first impressions with Gunnery Sergeant Marquez is um, – me getting dropped from cyber school for uh, missing a, a, a ruck or being UA, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, you know, when, when you pull, peel back the layers because they're asking, like, well, why didn't you stay at the recon barracks? I was like, because I'm married. Okay, well, were you with your wife? I'm like, no, I was here, right? And they're like, no, fuck that. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah. So then um, I got dropped 
and the when I got dropped, the stipulation was you're never going to come back to sniper school. <laughs> From the from your platoon or nope. from the schoolhouse? From the staff. Oh shit! Yeah. So this like damn this was, son, dude. Oh, fuck you, do. So yeah. So you know, uh, at that point, <clears throat> what it was was uh, it pretty much lied in in their eyes, saying that, that I wasn't um, with oh, the, the yeah. Marines and the recon barracks. But you know, I, I told them, you know, hey, this is where I was at. <clears throat> so originally, when I got you know, uh, dropped, I thought it was for integrity. And obviously this story's going to fall a little bit longer, but, um, you know, what they really dropped me for was being UA, not for integrity. Right. <clears throat> so that's, you know, um, and unbeknownst to a lot of people, um, there's a God book in, in the, uh, scout sniper community. Um, every schoolhouse has one West coast, uh, Lejeune, Quantico and Hawaii actually, um, uh, Pendleton absorbed Hawaii's school book. If you didn't know that. Yep. And, uh, in the Pendleton, uh, schoolhouse or the God book, it dates all the way back to like, uh, the late, the late eighties. Like this is how OG and like, we're always watching, you know, um, mm -hmm. like, uh, God book is. And, uh, you know, when I was instructor at the, at the schoolhouse, you know, I obviously thumbed through the, uh, God book every now and then. And then just, I, I see oh, my name there. To. Three tech, to, zero nine, Vallejo, UA, like, God, what a yeah. shit bag. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, man, it's like, um, you know, it's part of the, it's just part of your path. It's part of your path. I mean, like I, shit, I, when, uh, my, the first time I went to first Mardiv, um, when it was Margarita, um, I didn't pass the PFT. My body was completely wrecked from regiment i literally finished um field week and then the next week seven days later we were checking in to the basic course and i was like fuck man i haven't i've been malnourished for like the last six weeks and fuck man i couldn't run a first class pft fucking holy shit um so yeah it's like it's just part of your path and it's it's not a big deal it's um it's the end goal that's it's the end accomplishment that means what it means yeah so you know by the by the the grace of god um when i got back to one four obviously marquez was going to drop my ass uh from the platoon because like well you can't go back to cyber school what's the point of him being in the platoon um, if he can't fulfill, you know, the path of trying to at least go to uh, cyber school, because that's, that's the only reason why you hold, you know, a position in, um, in the platoon. Um, but, uh, S Sergeant Abernathy now at the time, you know, pretty much stuck his neck out for me. Um, and, you know, he says pretty much said, you know, to, uh, to all the hogs, cause you know, they had a meeting about me and stuff, what to do with me. Um, like, and he's like, well, if he goes, I go simple as that. Um, and he was the chief scout at the time and, um, he didn't tell me that directly. Uh, the other hogs told me that he did that, uh, in the little hog meeting mm -hmm. and you know, that, you know, ever since then, like, you know, I, I mean, like, seriously, that's, I, I, I can't, I, dude, super powerful. Like, um, cause we, you know, him and I, you know, bonded, he, he was actually, and, and the reason why we bond so well, um, is he's actually from Vegas <clears throat> as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, when we would, um, go on like 96s and stuff like that, 
because my family was still out there, guess who I'd roll with? Cobra Abernathy, right? Um, and so we got a lot of bonding time and stuff like that. So he knew the kind of person that I was, um, you know, and that, you know, you know, I, I worked hard. At least I thought I, I worked hard. Um, and, I, you know, I did everything I could to be the, the best out of my peers. Um, and, you know, she just realized that shit happens. And, yep. uh, you know, um, he had a second chance uh, when he was a young, uh, young Marine as well. Um, do you know a Freeland? Uh, is that, this is uh, completely out of So Freeland was his platoon sergeant in El Kaim, but he gave Abernathy a second chance. So this was pretty much Abernathy paying that second chance back to me. Oh, okay. Right. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay. So I did that next deployment again as a radar operator. Um, and, you know, at that point I, I, I had, uh, decided like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to go back to school, but I'm just going to be the best damn pig that the fucking scout cyber communities ever saw. Um, so when I reenlisted, I reenlisted to stay with the platoon for a little longer. Um, and then thankfully after I got back from my second deployment, new platoon sergeant, new leadership, uh, my platoon sergeant went through cyber school and, you know, he saw that I worked hard. He's like, he, he talked to the staff over there. He's like, Hey, um, I've got this cat Vallejo. It's like, you know, is there anything that you can do? And he's like, well, he's not dropped for integrity. He's dropped for being UA. Um, so then, mm-hmm. uh, next, you know, uh, <clears throat> so I was at Islick at the time and, and I'm going to kind of pedal back here, uh, being a stay baby as, as much as I love being a stay baby. Um, I always recommend to Marines that are looking to join the scout cyber community is to go the path that you went, which is, uh, become a, uh, or do a deployment that's grown first so that you can learn the infantry in order to better support them. Yeah. Because as a, as a young stay baby and a pig, my first deployment, because I didn't know how the infantry worked, guess what I was doing? I was just following my team leader on patrol um, not knowing anything. Not knowing what, and, and like when it came to like observing the battlefield, like, yeah, did my field sketches and stuff like that, but I didn't really truly understand what the hell we were doing. And that, it wasn't until after I went to Islick, um, went to Islick Black, uh, you know, squ- uh, Islick is an infantry squad leaders course. And this was the only course that I could go to because I, I didn't real I didn't know that I could go to cyber, uh, back to cyber school. So when I reenlisted, it was one of my uh, schools that I requested. But when I went through Islick, I mean, it gave me a whole appreciation for being an infantryman. Um, and uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to hurt some feelings, but uh, during that time, Islick was probably, you know, because I, I did Islick and then cyber school back to back. Islick was by far uh, more physically demanding than uh, cyber school. Um because of all the like boots and utes runs that we were doing. I mean, we got fucking thrash and that that's all ultimately what has set me up to get, uh, physically ready for cyber school. Um, but yeah, like now that I know what it, it takes to be an infantry squad leader and how the infantry works, like that better s- help me up for success as a, uh, as a team leader, um, and a chief scout, um, and obviously, you know, an instructor, um, so I don't ever recommend, you know, anyone being a stay baby. If it happens, it happens. But, you know, I, I tell people or I tell, you know, th- those that are aspiring to be snipers to, to do a pump in the infantry first. Yeah. Well, and you're also taking a chance, man. You know, it's um, uh, it, it just it, you're taking a chance in the sense that, you know, if you if you excel, um, depending on the leadership that you are dealing with 
that leadership might not allow you to take that selection process or that indoc or uh, the screen or whatever it is it's called. It's just, you know, you really have to, uh, you got to play your cards right, man. You know, it's one of those things that it's, it's like, I had to deal with that. You know, it was like my, my leadership was adamant and, um, you know, it turns out it wasn't true. None of it was true, but that was just what was told to me. So in that point in time in your, in your military career, you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to fucking do whatever that guy told me to do. You know, it's, um, there was no, the information age is not set in yet. Right. So you're just, you're going off of hearsay and, and, and rumor, and there's no way to like fact check anything and be like, ah, wait a minute, man. But even then it doesn't matter because that's just what your path is supposed to be. Period. Yes. End of story. All right. So, and I think a lot of times people focus on that so much. Um, uh, like, um, you know, I look back on it and I'm like, man, we worried about the dumbest shit sometimes really like, it's like, really, who cares? Um, let's just, let's just train this person. Obviously integrity being, uh, you know, obviously very important to look at, but all other things considered, it's just like, dude, come on. Can we just like train? Can we just train and, um, and get some stuff done and have a good time. So, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to look back on it with a different perspective. Looking back <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, because I'm, I got the second chance that, um, that I, I always tell myself that I probably didn't deserve. Um, I always gave, you know, even, even, uh, with when a Marine, uh, you know, would go through cyber school and he'd fuck up <clears throat> not to the level of cheating. Cause you know, I didn't, I didn't obviously didn't get dropped on the grounds of cheating, um, or whatever. Um, but you know, if he uh, showed up late, um, and you know, when I was uh, instructor at cyber school, a, a, there was a lot of leniency, um, compared to when I went through and, uh, uh, probably when you went through for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I always gave again, the, the benefit of the doubt of a student that I knew worked hard that just, Hey, we're fucking human. You know, he made a mistake. Um, and you know. A, a guy with a good head on his shoulder is going to figure out a way to bounce back from it. Right. And, uh, you know, that's the, that, that's just the attitude that I had, you know, it's like, you know, Hey, you know, if it, if it, if, if it plays in the cards that it plays in that I go to cyber school that it does, if not, then I'm happy being the fucking best damn pig that I could be. <laughs> right. Cause you know, peer, my, my peers started going to cyber school and they come back and they're, you know, they're big, you know, uh, big dig hog now. And guess what? I'm, I'm fucking going to the pig pond and getting slayed and shit like that all right. over again. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's just the way it's the way it is. And, and looking back on it, it's, it's, uh, it's very necessary. And the reason that it's very necessary is just the function of the military in general. Like that isn't, that's, it, it is all necessary in order to create a disciplined, effective and strong, uh, human being to have to deal with the rigors of, of combat. Like it's necessary. Yep. Um, so, and that's, just, that's such a fucking real thing that, um, a lot of people, you know, cause like I, my time, um, 1997, it was like the hazing thing. Um, and hazing was this big thing, uh, dude, I don't know. I don't know like what 
y'all thought was not normal, but it was normal to be out doing flutter kicks at zero two behind your barracks for like an hour getting, getting fucked with. Um, it was normal. That was normal shit. Um, like, uh, now it's, uh, it's just, everybody's like touchy and feely and you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, look, dude, this is all like, is it traumatic? Yeah, it's fucking traumatic, but like you're, you're willingly and voluntarily putting yourself into a traumatic situation. And, and as such, you need to be able to deal with it. So like yeah the hazing thing is like oh we can't make you fuckers do push-ups anymore and you're just like what the fuck is what are you talking about why yeah it's it's interesting so you know for anybody that's i don't think we would have anybody listening to this that would be anti-hazing but if you are you're you're completely uneducated and delusional yeah so enjoying you you were able to go um, and so having that, uh, I'm sure that that was one of those things where it was just like, fuck man, this is, this is it. Yeah. That was so when I went to cyber school, it. it was like, I got to do it. Um, and it's funny. I was actually just having this conversation with Bo, uh, on, on, uh, on this break, uh, I ran into him and we had dinner. It was like, you know, when I went through cyber school and, and nothing against my instructors, I had awesome instructors when I went through cyber school. Um, but they didn't teach me anything that I didn't already know. Well, yeah, you were a pig for three years. Um, maybe, maybe they spun it in a different way, uh, you know, and, and I got a, a better insight on, on certain things. But, you know, when I went through sniper school, um, and I, I still feel like this to this day, is, you know, cyber school, all it is is an evaluation to, to see how well your hogs trained you. Yeah, and I, th- I think from that, perspective you know when you if you've been a pig for that long or you've been exposed to the job for that long um and you go to to quote unquote sniper school it's not a school anymore it's a qualification yeah right you're going there as a formality to obtain a qualification and saying hey i'm 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 hitting these wickets bam 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 to satisfactory standards and shake your hand fucking rad here you go here's your hog's tooth and um yeah it's uh again it's a different perspective looking at it from you know being out of the marine corps for as long as i have and then looking back in and 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 then seeing how you can um, possibly impart some additional leadership in there from that position of perspective so i don't know yeah it's it's cool and that's that's part of what I want people to get from this podcast and yeah. from modern day sniper in general. Yep. Right. Um, you know, so when we were obviously instructors at cyber school, we didn't have, sometimes we didn't have pigs that were pigs for three years. Right. Um, and we had those recon cats, um, or, uh, uh, just, you know, brand new fresh pigs because that's all they could send. Um, that have been in platoon for, you know, two or three months. It's like, okay, like I got to really teach these guys um, because there's no, I mean, that's all they, all they have. Um, yeah. You know, so, so it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so weird, the dynamic of, of going through the sniper pipeline and, it, and it's all about really, it's a lot of it's about timing mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and that's just, you know, the way, um, the Marine Corps works. 
right? It's not a, yeah, it's not a timing picture. with leadership. Yeah, it's timing not a picture. with certain commands. Yep. It's uh, so. and and it ebbs and flows with different human beings. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the thing that's the that is the the major contributing factor to all of the the tide of the sniper community. Um, the Rakondos are in a little different because it's so much more formal and it's so much more well-established um, that uh, they they have leadership. And, and I could be speaking out of turn, but for the majority of what I understand, talking to our brothers that are still doing this, you know, the, the reconnaissance, community has more of a consistency to it uh, because it is so formalized and set in stone whereas the sniper community is so different in the fact that there's so much turnover and there's so much turnover not at the schoolhouses but there's also turnover in the platoons and it's difficult to get people to stick around and it's a problem it's a huge problem that the marine corps is not addressing um and 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 you know, you and I aren't we're like, we're not airing out, uh, the Marine Corps sniper programs, dirty secrets. Like it's all over the Marine Corps times. Right. Um, yeah. where they're, oh, they're no, trying to so, find a dude. primary MOS. So like people, it's like, Oh, everyone, they, if you're listening to this, you're like, man, they, they're just airing out the cyber programs. Dirty laundry. No, no, no it's all it, totally it, like, this is all public source information. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> uh, one, and actually Phil, if I could stop you really quick, that, yeah, that ahead. brings up a really good point because, we also need people to understand that there's that there's nothing that we're going to be discussing on this podcast that has anything to do with uh, anything that is not open source. OPSEC is uh, extremely important to us, and, and we want to make sure that everybody, all of our listeners, understands that too. Because I did get a couple of people asking me, they're like, well, what are you going to talk about on that podcast? And I was like, ah, dude, listen, there's literally nothing out there. There's nothing that we could talk about that you can't get on the Google machine and find out like yep. immediately. Yep. So d- just if you're going to get your panties in a wad, don't do it. Just just it, it's it's not a big deal. So I'm sorry. Continue. No, you're good. Um, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, the, the Recondos, they have, uh, I mean, a more formalized, established, uh, you know, pipeline for them to grow in the recon community as yeah. you know the uh, marine scout sniper in the regular infantry battalions i mean mm-hmm. our career dies um at staff sergeant really um once we pick up uh staff it's like he's in the marine corps right because you know mm-hmm. um you're no longer a marine corps scout sniper you are a, a infantry unit leader and you right. go to where uh sergeant major wants you um, and that's just right. the reality, right? And um, that was a big scary part for me when I picked up staff and I was at the schoolhouse. I was like, oh, sh- if I go back to the unit, am I gambling here on on going to, uh, you know, Bravo Mortars, right? Yep. Um, and, and, and again, it's a little selfish on me uh, on that part to, you know, not want to um, still impact the infantry, but you know, my, my heart was in the sniper community and, and wanted to make change. You know, I saw guys like, um, you know, Sean Hughes and, and, uh, you know, Sal Lopez and, uh, Marquez that, you know, after their time at the schoolhouse, they went back over to sniper platoons and, you know, made a, a fucking deadly ass sniper platoon, went to Afghan and just smoked bodies. Right. It's like, those mm-hmm. were the, those were the, those were the legends, right. The unsung heroes that, you know, not on Facebook or Instagram 
with 10,000 followers, you know, 20,000 followers, like, you know, these guys are my heroes. Right. Right. Um, and that's the footsteps that I wanted to go, but you know, the Marine Corps, it was a gamble. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I decided to like, uh, I think, um, I think it's, um, I think it's time. So, yeah. That's cool, man. That's, that's a, that's a really, that's a cool part of the story from beginning to, to, to now where you're at and, or meaning where you're at in your story, just to, just to hear it from your perspective. Um, so what, what ended up happening next? What, what was the next, uh, after cyber series school? of events? Yeah. Uh, so after cyber school, we did another deployment. So that was my third deployment. I was a team leader at that time. Um, and, uh, when I got back from the deployment, um, Again, how, how the how when, when reenlistment works is like you got sometimes when you reenlist, you have like this they call it all four package. You do like a two year uh, commitment to the battalion, and then you can do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Um, after that third deployment, I fulfilled my two years uh, actually with the battalion. But uh, oncoming to be our platoon sergeant was again another legend in our community uh, on the East Coast, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Sullivan. He had just came from the schoolhouse as the chief instructor. And, uh, I was like, man, I want to work with this guy. Like, you know, I've got nothing, hear nothing but good things about him and, um, what he did in Ramadi with one uh, six. Um, he was an instructor prior to, um, you know, even being instructor, uh, as a gunny, uh, he was a Sergeant, uh, instructor. So this was, he was just finishing his second tour as an instructor at, um, the West Coast schoolhouse. So okay. I was like, hell yeah, why not want to work with someone like that? And like, he really gave me a good perspective on what it is to be, uh, a, a Marine Corps scout sniper, right? Um, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, when we set up a screeners, it wasn't a sleigh fest because, you know, I mean, he, he had seen combat. He knows that everyone that we touch, we're going to go to combat with yep. um, every interaction that we have with anyone. They're going to be next to us, uh, supporting us or whatever the case is. So like, you know, when we, um, when we ran screeners, you know, he, he sat me down, he set all the hogs down. He's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, now is not the time to sit here and get your, you know, get yours back, right, from you getting slayed. It's like these guys that we train, even if they don't get accepted to the side platoon, we are still going to combat together. Yeah, right? Like and, you're going to well, fucking be supporting that, exactly. that that company, that platoon, that squad, that fucking team. Why not train them to the best of your ability so that they, even if they don't get selected, they go back to their platoon, a better infantryman. Yes. Dude, like yes. that perspective, That's powerful. That's right? Good. It's super powerful. Right. And, and, and it's like, man, I hope people are listening to this because they, they probably have in their minds like, Oh, these guys are just soft and pig uggers. It's like, no, it's like as much yes. as I, I hate slugs. Right. It's like, yeah, man. I understand that these guys are always going to be the main effort on the X. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and, yeah. Yeah. Remember snipers, like we are in support, <laughs> like we're never exactly. the main effort. We are special in terms of that. We have a very special occupation. Um, and not everyone can do what we do, but at the same time, we support the guys on the X. That's it. That is it. So no, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. This is, this is good. No, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's part of, it's part of your path too, because you have place to instill you and that's uh, that's important because you know um the community is only good as the legacy that we leave it when we take off so you know you're directly responsible for for what you leave behind so um 
And I, that's a concept that I, that I don't think a lot of people truly grasp. It's like, um, yeah, what you, what you leave behind is what is going to be, uh, that's how, that's part of your history. So, yes. um, so, now all, so, were all of your, were, were all of your deployments, combat deployments, Phil? No. So my, only my first deployment was a combat deployment to Fallujah. Okay. Uh, the other ones were a, uh, Westpac. That was my second mm-hmm. deployment. 31st Mew was my third deployment. And then, uh, we did another Westpac where I spent majority of the time in Djibouti, uh, with my team on my last deployment. So, uh, rolling into, um, after sniper school, worked with Gunnar Sergeant Sullivan. I was his chief scout, um, hands down, uh, being the chief scout of the, uh, of a scout sniper platoon, I would say, um, Trump's, uh, you know, uh, being a, a, a schoolhouse instructor, mainly mm-hmm. uh, because I was able to take my team and, uh, you know, have them for the two years that I had them and mold them and shape them the way I wanted them to versus, you know, that quick 13 week turnaround. You know, although I was making, yep. you know, I guess I would say bigger institutional changes, um, you know, affecting the uh, the whole uh, scout sniper population uh, as they're coming to the schoolhouse, uh, just to me from a like a mentorship leadership standpoint. And you know, I, you know, I talk about mentorship a lot. Yeah. Um, I felt like you know being a chief scout uh, that was that was my time. And uh, you know, I loved uh, Sullivan. You know, gave me the reins to you know uh, shape training as I saw fit. And uh, I think what really helped me set, again set me up for success as a chief scout. Um, was the fact that, you know, I was a pick for three and a half years and, um, yeah, I, you know, I was, you I was with that deal. battalion. Yeah. So, um, not, not saying that, um, you know, a chief scout that, you know, only did two years, it wouldn't be successful, but I, I think just my experience and knowing how, uh, the show ranch, knowing, knowing, you know, um, how to, you know, plan training accordingly to not only set the Marines up that are getting ready to go to cyber school, uh, but to set the platoon up to get ready for combat. You know, although we ultimately didn't end up going to combat, but I felt like, um, you know, we were, you know, if we were to go, if we were, we had to go, um, you know, I was comfortable with the platoon that I had, uh, to, to go to, uh, Iraq or Afghanistan at the time. That's important, man, because that was one of the things too. Um, when, uh, when I was making the decision, um, to, you know, obviously, I was talking with my with my wife at the time, and I was talking with um, with myself, and making the decision to go to three one. Um, it was like, look, man, I'm I know I'm going to end up going on a combat deployment here, but um, do I want to just float out uh, into a unit that I don't know anybody at, or do I go with three one where I pretty much put all those all those all those students through sniper school in the last three years. So I know all of them. I know the entire platoon. Um, and, and that was, that was a good thing. And, uh, I'm glad I made that choice because it was, uh, I thought, I think it was beneficial in the long run. So after, so talk to me about like your last deployment and then coming back and then, um, how did you get to become a, how'd you get to become an instructor? What happened was I got back from, uh, I got back from, or on my deployment, I had to make the decision on what I wanted to do after, um, you know, after this deployment and 
because Sullivan had obviously can, still had ties to the the schoolhouse. Um, you know, he had recommended like, hey, like, you know, put in a, a SOI package, um, and uh, you know, see if you can get approved for that, and you know, we'll we'll, we'll go from there. And uh, so I put right. in a package in, and uh, I got approved to uh, go to uh, become a combat instructor on nine thirteen and. Um, as soon as I got back from the schoolhouse, uh, uh, Sullivan introduced me to she, uh, Sean Hughes cause he was the uh, staff in CIC at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's like, yeah, man, it's just, I mean, honestly, it's all about timing. Really. He's like, he's like, I can't, I can't guarantee you to come over to the schoolhouse immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, if an instructor is leaving or whatever the case is, then, um, you know, I'll talk to the Sergeant major and then we'll try to get you over here. But you know, I can't guarantee that you won't spend time in the trenches and what the trenches are, or, uh, just regular, regular, uh, 0913 combat instructors go like to teach, you know, 0311s and 31s or whatever the case of it. It, it's not, it's not a, it's not a good place to be in. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's, you're just pretty much, you're almost like a drill instructor, you know, uh, at that level yes. in terms of like how you're handling, um, how you're handling the students, whereas, you know, going at, at, a, at a sniper school or, you know, even, even BRC for, for that matter, there's just a little bit more interaction obviously with this, with the students. Um, and that's, yeah, it's not, I mean, I, I guess I don't want anybody to think that like Phil saying in the trenches is bad because it's a shit job. It's more along the lines of it's, a, it's a really difficult job. So, and I, I hear you because I, we would see those guys too. And it's just like, yeah, dude, that, that's that job. You know, you're working your ass off, but at the same time, you're doing the same thing at sniper school, the the trenches of snipers, like hell week, you you don't want a student to eat, um, or sleep for five days. Then you better be going through fucking hell week with them because that's the only way you're going to prevent it from happening. Um, yeah, no, I got, I got spoiled. So, you know, thankfully as I was, uh, going through McKiss, um, uh, Tim Schmaker, uh, I think it was with three, four, um, yeah, Tim. you know, you know, Tim. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he was a marksmanship instructor and, uh, he was on his way out and, um, thankfully, um, I was on my way in and, uh, surprisingly, and I think this is what helped, right? Again, this is uh, all about timing. This is straight coincidence. The sergeant major of AITB, where snipers fall under, um, was my first sergeant when I went to Iraq uh, with uh, snipers. He right. was H&S company uh, first sergeant. And he remembers me because he was the one that called me and told me that I had a brand new daughter. <laughs> um, wow. He was like, he was like, he's like, Valeo, why do I know that name? Um, I was like, uh, we were in 1-4 together, uh, first sergeant. And he's like, or uh, sergeant major at the time. uh, uh He's like, oh, I remember. He's like, you were snipers. I was like, uh, yes, our major. He's like, okay. So, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that's why I got pulled. Uh, not only that, um, when I went through uh, McKiss, I graduated as the honor grad. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that helped that. Uh, helped that. I'm sure. Yeah, man. Let's, let's fucking. I, I, I've got another story about. Um, uh, for another time it's a it's actually probably you know now I'm thinking about it we should probably do like some sort of um leadership type discussion surrounding like maybe a learning experience that we had i think that would be kind of cool just to um 
to communicate that a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, I had a experience where, um, a first sergeant that I literally like wanted to do bad things to, um, because I disliked him so much that same first sergeant ended up being a sergeant major that put me onto a stretcher and loaded me into a, uh, an ambulance APC in Fallujah. So crazy. it's funny. It's funny how things all come full circle, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, insane. Uh, dude. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a good, it's a good lesson learned, um, looking back on it. So, you know, um, <clears throat> talk to me about your time. Uh, talk to me about your time teaching. What kind of instructor were you? So I was a marksmanship instructor. Um, that was the marksmanship instructor the whole time. And, um, you know, I want to say that I, I gave everything I could to my students, um, to, to, uh, instill the same leadership philosophy that I had, uh, in the cyber platoon and the second, again, the, 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 uh, leadership that I, I was, um, honored to receive from Abernathy. So, you know, essentially what I try to do was make a bunch of little mini Abernathy's right uh, of that mindset. And, um, and what I mean by that was, um, you know, only deal punishment, um, as, uh, as necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, when, and making sure that the, the punishment fits the crime, and some of my pigs will probably disagree with me because, you know, I, I, uh, you know, had them touch towers a few times or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I never played games, um, to fuck with them because we, I didn't have, there was no time, right. Uh, there's just not enough time at sniper school to, to effectively get someone to where, again, I, I, we would want them to be, to be, uh, again, teachers. Cause the reality of, of sniper school is, um, when they graduate and become hogs, you know, regardless of them, you know, being a, a pig for two months, going to cyber school, become a hog, guess what they're doing? They're now teaching, uh, back in the platoon, um, you know, everything they learned at cyber school to get those guys ready for combat and, and cyber mm-hmm. school. Right. Right. So it's like, you know, I wanted to instill, okay, you know, good leadership, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, not only teaching these guys marksmanship, but, um, you know, understanding, Hey, like, when you get back to the platoon, like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta treat your Marines fair and with respect. Um, you can't just slay people all the time because nothing's going to get done. Well, I think, and we're also in a very different situation than, than our Ricondo brothers in the sense that they have a pipeline and nobody that goes to a recon platoon to my knowledge anyways, that has not passed BRC. So the responsibility of not only conducting your job as a as a sniper but then having to also have the additional responsibility of conducting on the job training for for new candidates that is a whole other discussion in and of itself because um that there you're asking a lot out of that out of that platoon and quite honestly i do not believe that um at least during my time period, that the basic course was set up appropriately um, to uh, to graduate somebody that had no exposure. Like meaning, um, if I took, you know, Joe Shit the Ragman MP and said, you know, you're going to go to sniper school and everything that you learn in this curriculum, 
that should be enough, right? And I know there's a lot of contention about that within our community, and um, it's perpetual. It, it's 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 gone for years and years and years. But you got to think about that for a second. So that is also uh, an area of contention with regard to like re- retention. So it's a big responsibility and not everybody is cut out to administer instruction in a way that people can receive it. And if that's what you're basing the success of, of, um, of the sniper community on, um, it's, it, um, it's definitely worth looking at. Let's put it that way. It's, it's important. It's worth looking at. You know, I, when I first got to the schoolhouse, I felt super underqualified, um, because, uh, a lot of my, uh, peers, the instructors, you know, they were all OEF vets, um, and a couple of them OIF vets, um, with Cyber Platoon. So I, I felt super underqualified to be there. Um, again, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, legends in the, in the, in their community in their own right and the platoons and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I, I felt like I had, again, going back to, I had to prove myself, uh, of my worth of being there. So, you know, what I would do was, uh, is the marksmanship instructor be the first one to show up, um, you know, take the guys in, um, you know, get them army draw and then, you know, be the last guy to stay with them. So, mm-hmm. um, we had side count every night and, uh, <clears throat> for my first few phases, I know that, you know, I, I, I definitely had, you know, a lot of, uh, late nights with the guy just because again, I was just trying to prove that, you know, I, I was giving my, the students, you know, my 100%. Um, and, and, you know, kind of spinning this into how I got into, uh, precision rifle shooting. Well, as a marksmanship instructor, um, contrary to popular belief, we don't actually shoot ever. The only time we ever really shoot is to uh, verify if a a student's guns really messed up because he's like, Oh, my gun's not shooting. Um, or, uh, uh, a demonstration, right? Right. Which is like three or four rounds, um, a cycle. Yeah. It's like you got hundreds you of got rounds. You got a job to do, range, man. You right? got a so, job to do. Um, like, I didn't even, ha- I didn't even have my own boat gun yet. Like this is how like fresh I was to, um, you know, in, in you know, in the back of my head, like, man, I, I feel like I'm, even though marksmanship for me was a passion, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt like I had a good niche for it. I was like, man, I, I really don't know what I don't know because I've only, I'm, I'm pretty much just regurgitating what I was taught um, when I was a young pig and when I was taught at cyber school and what I was taught at all my all follow on courses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and to me, that wasn't enough, you know, because, again, we're going into a generation issue where what question do you think got asked? Well, why? Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. right? And when I went through school, it's like, why. hey, just, just – just, just fucking chew, choke, swallow. Don't ask questions. Like this is, it is what it is because I said so. Yep. But I didn't have that leisure to say that um, because again, with, with my leadership, like Sean and, and uh, you know, uh, Satello, uh, staff in CYCs, it's like, you know, you know, their guidance is like, hey, you know, like the, you can't just tell these guys, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not like command's not going to, be okay with that, especially when, when, uh, when somebody gets dropped, right? Because of that's, that's yeah. immediately what, uh, you know, Lance Corporal so-and-so is going to say, it's like, well, Sergeant Vallejo told me that's just how it is. Right. <laughs> and then now the cyber school is under freaking investigation or whatever the case might be. So it's like, okay, well, I had to give this guy a, a solid, no B- BS answer. Um, right. 
And, you know, that, that's what really kind of started, um, my journey into the, uh, civilian side, uh, you know, competitive rifle shooting. Um, and again, you know, I can't give, uh, Frank Galley enough props, but you know, his, his sniper side was the very first source that I went to. And, you know, I, I read all of his forums, like we get back done with the range and, um, I'd go back to my desk and, um, as uh, field skills took over after marksmanship, I'd be I'd be in the office, uh, waiting for my turn to go back with the students. But you know, during that time, uh, I was reading stuff on Cyberside, you know, about grip mm-hmm. and just you know, validating a lot of it was validation of what I was already taught, but a little bit more in depth explanation of the why. Sure, right. yeah, the, and you're getting it from a, a bunch of different perspectives too. Yes, yes, and that's super important for people to understand is that like even though. Um, you know, we, we want our opportunity to teach you, of course, but at the same time, um, it's very necessary that if you wish to progress in this skill set, that uh, you've got to get perspective from other people um, with different sets of eyes and different thought processes and different ways of explaining information. Um, you're going to garner something from everybody. So um, that's important. Yeah. And, and you, you said it best when you and I first started ta- talking is, is like, you always recommend your students to go seek other instruction elsewhere. It's like, you know, as much as, you know, I, uh, um, I appreciate, um, having, you know, loyal students and stuff like that to want to come back to, uh, get training from me. It's like, honestly, you know, if, if you want to, uh, continue your craft in the long range, it's like, go seek so, uh, instruction somewhere else uh, mm-hmm. from a reputable instructor. Um, so that, you know, you can hear it in a different perspective. Hey, yeah, maybe that guy, maybe that guy skins his cat a little differently than, than you skin yours. And, and maybe you can get faster or maybe that you can, um, have a little bit of, uh, trinket of knowledge that's going to help you on a rainy day or something like that. It's, you're going to get it. And, um, it's just based upon whether or not you want to receive it too, but, uh, go to different people, get different perspectives. It's, it's a very, very important thing to do to be a well-rounded shooter. I think. Yeah. I mean, so I decided, okay, you know, I think it was after my second cycle, it's like, I'm up here, I'm like preaching to the choir. Um, but I want to see if if I'm doing um, what I'm telling I'm teaching my students, right? I wanted to put my money where my mouth was. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, I attended a uh, military cyber comp, and that's when I found out about uh, the Precision Rifle Series. Um, when was that? This was 2015. Um, okay. I had went to the uh, the National Guard um, cyber comp, the one down in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that schoolhouse? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so I am. those, yeah, those guys down there, are phenomenal instructors. Uh, and it was cool about those guys is, I mean, those guys, some of those guys have been instructors for like ten years, right? <laughs> yeah, man, they've been there for a long time, dude. It's like, it's like, man, I wish I had your job sometimes because, like, right. if I could, but I can see why, like, three years they they do a three year stint in the Marine Corps. Cause like, man, I gotta, I gotta grow. I gotta, I gotta do something else, but yeah, it could be, it gets to be groundhog day after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it, you know, looking back, it's like, it's like when, you know, when you're first year in, you're like, oh man, I would, I would definitely try to stay here as long as I could. And it's like, no, after the third year, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. I it's to, like, I need, I'm, to, I need to go, I need to go back to work and yeah. <laughs> like, re, like real work, carry a rifle again. No, I, I hear you from that yeah. perspective. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, 2015. Yeah. 
So that's okay. when I first started getting into the the civilian side of competitive rifle shooting. And and uh, then the instructor was like, it's like, yeah, um, have you heard about the precision rifle series? I was like, what the hell is that? Um, he's like, oh yeah, civilians do this for fun. You know, we shoot matches all the time. I'm like, what the what, heck, what, civilians do this? Do you, do you remember what the guy's name was? <sighs> Man, look, I had it, but I he so he's got he's an older guy. He's got he's got sleeves. Yeah, I know. Um, he his name is escaping me. I'm feeling so bad right now. <laughs> dude, his name is escaping uh, me so bad. Yeah, he's he is a super nice guy though. He's yeah. always helped me. I've taught a couple of class, law enforcement classes out at that range for um for uh um the Arkansas Tactical Officers Association. And then I did an instructor development course. Oh yeah, yeah. Terry Terry Cross uh, came to that class yep. uh, as a student. And um they, they do have a great place out there to shoot, and they're great, I think the great guy's venue. Name is Justin, I think his Justin, name is Justin. That, yes, you're yeah. right. That Justin is Justin. Justin. Yeah. I'm sorry, Justin, man. If you're I'm listening, bad, dude, I'm so sorry, dude. I owe you some beer. Yeah, dude. So yeah, he was like, yeah, uh, civilians do this for fun. I was like, really? Um, and and uh, <laughs> dude, that that's really really. And uh, again, as soon as I got back, uh, hopped on Cyberside, um, looked into buying my first bolt gun. I mean, I jumped right right into the hype. Uh, right. and, uh, I was like, I, you know, I looked up uh, on my forums, uh, the, oh, actually, um, I reached out to short action customs or sh- excuse me, short action precision. Um, and, uh, they, they were based out of SoCal at first before they moved to Arizona. And, uh, when, when he saw my uh, email, um, he asked if, uh, if I knew Sean Hughes and I was like, yeah, it's my boss. And he's like, Hey, if you're interested in shooting a local match, you know, we've got a match, uh, every third Sunday up in, you know, West end gun club, which is about an hour from, from, uh, from where I was at. I was like, hell yeah. And you know, the first range they had out there was, um, 300 yards. So, you know, I showed up, uh, to my first match. I think this was like, uh, closer to the, um, summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. And like, again, I went there like, you know, kind of chest held high, like, Oh, I, I think I got this right. Uh, shooting 308. It's only 300 yards, right? But now it's yeah. a uh, silhouettes. Guess what we're shooting? Like an MOA targets and shit. Yep. Oh my god! I got my ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I know that feeling, dude. For sure. Straight, like, straight ass whooped. Like, oh yeah. man. And uh, it it made me hungry. Like I was like after after you know getting that um uh you know that ass whooped by you know doctors and you know uh you know computer analysts and just enthusiasts you know, dudes yeah, are just enthusiasts. random yeah random jobs like nothing to do with sniping at all like i was like man i, w- I was hungry and yeah. uh you know I, I made it a point to <clears throat> uh, you know i made it a point to dry fire I made it a point to, um, you know, when I could shoot, you know, a couple live rounds uh, with the students because, you know, um, you know, we owe it ourselves as instructors to make sure that we're sustaining our skill set. Because if not, we're just that guy, broken record in the back, keep your face on the gun, run the bolt, Mm -hmm. those are just keep your heels flat. You know what I mean? It's like that doesn't do anything. Um, I know. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a purpose for that. Yeah. You want to keep your scope gaps closed because right. Um, you know, glass sure. doesn't get repaired, but, but it's like, discipline if, stuff, if, though. If, if that is the only thing that you're saying and that you have to contribute 
to the to the marksmanship line after nine weeks of marksmanship. Yeah. Right. And you're on your your second cycle. Guess what? It's like it's like let me see how you run the bolt gun. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, you know, I, I think really again, I I, I can't thank the and, and everyone thinks that I bag on the uh, um, civilian side of precision rifle shooting, right? Because like, oh, you know, it's unpractical and stuff like that. It's like I want people to know that the civilian sector is what made me a better instructor. And I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. Right. And, and, you know, <clears throat> I hope that people with my message see that, well, shit, Phil was a sniper. He went out there and he did it. Why can't I? Right. But again, we talk about this, you and I talk about this all the time, but holds a lot of our peers back from wanting to go out and better themselves at these events is their ego. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh it is a rampant problem. So um but yeah, and and you know, my my you know, after that, you know, my time at the uh, the schoolhouse was I mean, was was awesome. I had a, had a great uh great crew to work with. Um the instructors all there uh were fantastic. Um you know, I had a good relationship with the, uh, every single one of them. Um and uh you know, I just made a post about this the other day. It's like when I look back, especially, um, toward my tail end of, again, uh, deciding whether I was going to stay in the Marine Corps or not, you know, I was, I was cutting ruck a little bit and, you know, I was, I, I had to really decide, okay, well, am I going to shit or get off the pot? Um, right. and you know, looking back, I, I feel bad cause you know, I, I, I wasn't giving my hundred percent that I, that I could have, uh, the last couple classes, you know what I mean? Cause I was on my way out the door. And that's when you and I met, right, at Shot Show, January of um, eighteen. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, we we talked. Uh, I still remember what we talked. We talked right in front of the uh, Night Force booth over there on the on the main floor. Yep. Um, and uh, no, that was that was awesome. Uh, and you had told me that, hey, that the industry is cutthroat. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, it's not like when we were, you know, when you're in and. You know, everyone's had, everyone has your back. It's like, you're like, it's not like that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I mean, again, I appreciate everything that you've done. And again, what brought us here is, um, so that was January of 2018 and then right. March of 2018. So two months later, cause at that point you were, uh, uh, Gunworks' director of training and you just mm-hmm. got brought on, I think, um, earlier that summer, right. Of 2000, yep. 2017. July of 17. That's yep. right. And, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was on the way to a stock lane and then I see your name pop up. Kalen's calling. And uh, <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. And then he's like, Hey man, he's like, you're like, you got time to talk. I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's like, you still get a verse verse. You still get on the Marine Corps. I was like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? Uh, well, I keep telling myself I'm going to college. <laughs> I remember that too. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, you want a job? Yeah. You, you want a job? Where at? Cody, Wyoming. Where the hell is that? <laughs> You're a long way from home, Vegas. Uh, oh man. And that's how, I mean, that's how, now that's uh, what brought me here, man. Um, man, it's been it, a good ride. It's, it's been a lot of fun, dude. It really has. And, uh, I'm, I, I really, I enjoy listening to your story because number one, it's, it's, uh, it's completely different. Uh, it's unique. Everybody's story is unique and I just love hearing it from a different perspective. So, you know, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to talk it through and, 
and uh, and let everybody know like what you're about because part of that is I mean you know uh, we want you guys to know like you know what makes us tick and and what what we're about as as people uh, because that's all it is like when you come and, and and train with us it's just a personal interaction that's that's all it is um, talking on the phone in person it's all like how we communicate and kind of resonate with each other and so um, thanks for taking the time to talk about your background dude no thank you I, I appreciate it and and you know like like I said it at the beginning of the podcast, like, man, you and I would have probably not have been friends in high school, um, <laughs> probably but, not, man. but, but, but because of <laughs> our, our, our background and our, our community, it's what, I mean, what brought essentially us together, no homo. Um, yeah, but because of, of the course. suffering and, and understanding where we came from. And if, if there's one thing that, you know, I would like everyone to get out of this podcast is, is, you know, Kalen will always, Kalen and I will always remember where we came from. Um, yep. and, and, you know, that is what will continue to drive us, you know, moving forward, uh, with modern day sniper and what motivates us. Um, uh, but at the same time, we don't let, uh, being Marine Corps scout snipers define who we are. Uh, we'll, you know, um, you know, for me personally, you know, I let it elevate the person that I am. Um, you know, so, when I see my hog tooth, which is hidden, uh, or, um, not hidden, but, uh, hanging, uh, on my rear room window, it, it reminds me of a time in my life, um, you know, that made me who I am today. And it reminds me of, you know, the people that have gone before me, um, that wore those, that wore that tooth honorably, you know what I mean? That, that, that paved way for, uh, the scout cyber community. So, you know, I'm always reminded every time I, uh, drive my truck. For sure, man. That's, uh, it's, it's all, it, the brotherhood and all that stuff aside, it just, it does, it just shapes you into who you are through all your experiences. And, and, um, you know, as, as we get a little further down the road in life and you start to look back on those experiences, you're going to look back on them in a little bit more of a critical eye as you, you know, try to glean things from them and, and learn from them. And, um, it's just all one big long path, man. And, um, I'm shit glad to be on it with you, dude. Yeah, dude, it's going to be a blast. So, um, switching gears before we end this podcast, what's, uh, what's next? This is, um, this podcast is three. three. Yep. Yeah. So I think, uh, podcast number four, um, we want to try to get into kind of like a routine in the sense of like what it is that we're going to discuss, like, um, maybe some technology, maybe some, uh, external ballistic stuff, some fundamentals of marksmanship. But we also want to talk about, um, we also want to talk about, uh, like mindset. I think mindset's very important. Uh, mindfulness is very important when it comes to this game, um, of precision shooting. And, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, man. We also, I also want to do some um, some question and answer stuff from the listeners. I think that's really important. It's another way for us to connect with with you guys, is to uh, throw us out some questions and see if we can do a question and answer podcast kind of on a on a regular so sort of speak. So, I don't know. You got any ideas? Yeah, no. I I think you know, obviously going back to the technical aspect of sniping, um, you know, again, a lot of this we're going to talk about. Uh, fundamentals of marksmanship, you know, pretty much what we did on the, uh, uh, long range pursuit in, in terms of, uh, being a precision rifleman. Um, and, and you notice I'm, I'm coining that term more often now, 
mm-hmm. you know, I want to get away from the, the terminology of a precision rifle shooter. Um, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to realize that, you know, not everyone shares the same definition of, uh, you know, being competent behind a, a rifle anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like you said, putting mindfulness behind, uh, the rifle, um, you know, a, a rifleman understands his equipment, uh, understands, um, how to employ it. Um, he's not chasing SDs, um, you know, in, in terms of, okay, he knows that, you know, he's not trying to shoot, you know, one MOA targets out to a thousand yards, you know, I'm shooting at a practical size target or whatever the case is. Um, you know, he's not bitching about, Oh, uh, my rifle's too heavy, or my rifle's not heavy enough to be able to manage recoil. Any of that, right? Yeah. We can talk a lot about this, but sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, like you talked about, or we've talked about, you know, bringing people on that are currently active, or you know, former snipers, and you know, just talk about the community and how it was, and you know, what what has the community done to essentially you know, shape them into where they're at. Cause you know, we're going to bring snipers in here that, that have nothing to do with sniping anymore. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Um, Been out for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. how they used, you know, their dedication of, you know, what they took from being snipers and going through school and apply it to their life afterwards. Right. So it's important stuff, man. It's uh, I think this is going to be a great opportunity. I'm, I'm really excited about where, where this is going to go. So, um, guys, we appreciate you listening. And, um, as always comments, feedback, we love it. We share it, tell your friends about it. Um, and, uh, we just enjoy doing this because this is for you guys at the end of the day. So with that being said, till next time, guys, till next time, guys, thanks, Galen. Appreciate you. Yep. Shoot. Well,